0: Hello everyone, welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello everyone, thanks for listening. Coming to a conclusion uh, in the fourth chapter, and as we begin, uh, let me just say, personally, this has been one of the most uplifting um, uh, books uh, that we've studied. It's only four chapters. It is a beautifully written letter of encouragement uh, from Paul in a jail uh, in Rome to his beloved uh, church in Philippi, which is... um, uh, again, uh, a city that was under Roman authority. Um, it was the first church established in Europe during Paul's, I think it was a uh, second missionary journey, or either second or third missionary journey. Uh, and um, Lydia was the first um, um, Christian baptized in Europe. Paul had so many connections through this church. This church now has realized that Paul has been in prison for a couple of years, and so they send um, Epaphroditus, their their pastor there. And uh, when he finally gets to where Paul is to give him um, these words of encouragement in prison, Paul's written this writes this letter back to them, encouraging them. And we are in the section, sort of the the conclusion. Of this section, we have been studying this for the last few days, and um, and as McGee points out, this is where Paul uh, encourages them uh, to live powerfully in the gospel. And we've talked, uh, starting in verse four, we've talked about this power for living is joy, this this celebration of the blessing that you have uh, from uh, God the Father in heaven through His grace. This blessing, this gift of Jesus Christ that He has given you, which is your salvation on the cross and now righteousness through His Holy Spirit living in you. That blessing causes uh, the heart uh, to be joyful. The word blessing means joy when you translate the word. So powerful living Ways for living, the, the, the modus operandi for living is to start off and be joyful, to be thankful for this blessing that you've got in Christ. And then be prayerful. Um, also, well, even before that, being humble, uh, reasonableness, let, let your humbleness, uh, which is really fruit of the Spirit, uh, the humility of Christ, the mind of Christ, your humility be known to everyone because the Lord is alive. The Lord is at hand. He is not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. And so, in everything you do, pray. He's saying uh, we should rejoice always, worry about nothing, and pray about everything. So he's telling them uh, the powerful uh the power for living, the way to live is starting with joy, humility, uh and then prayer. Prayer just for everything. And then as we get uh where we are now, we're putting in um for uh verse 8 going down to verse uh, 13, and so um, we'll start reading at verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence... If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So he's telling them how to think. And again, he was telling them that this great blessing is that we have the mind of Christ. We have the humility of Christ in us. And so we are united with one another and uh, to be united with one another In the mind of Christ. And so, as we have that mind of Christ, uh, we are to... um, It's just a beautiful spiritual gift that we have. And as as we pray, he says up in verse 7, As we pray, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So, not only should we strive for the mind of Christ... We have been given the mind of Christ. We need to we need to be, if we have that mindset, we need to talk with, with our Father. We need to pray and allow this peace of God to dwell in us, to guard our hearts, to guard our minds. Again, we need to 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 be safe. We need to be safe in Him because our hearts have to be centered on Christ and our minds have to be focused on Christ. That will guard us. It's the mind of Christ and the heart for Christ. So, up until this point, Paul's saying to him, Rejoice always. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Keep your heart centered on Christ, keep your minds focused on Christ. And when we do that, when we do that, we allow the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, to guard us, to guard our hearts, and to guard our minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says, whatever, he's asking, uh, he's saying, He's saying it kind of rhetorically, but he's saying whatever is true, whatever is honorable, well, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything worthy of praise, if there's any excellence, and of course all this is excellent and all this is worthy of praise, so it's kind of rhetorically asked, This is just Paul's wonderful ability to write here on display. He's saying, if there's anything worthy, of course, it's all worthy because all of these are virtues of Jesus Christ. And McGee was saying, it was pointed out that this is the shortest biography of Jesus Christ ever written in one sentence. Jesus is true. John um, Chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus Christ is the truth, and there's nothing in this world that is truth except Jesus Christ. Everything else is eventually going to be a dead-end road or will stop being true. It might be true for a little while, but only Jesus Christ is true. Whatever you put your faith in, whatever you put your trust in, it will all Die, it will all stop working. Have you ever, like, had something like a really favorite food at the grocery store or at the supermarket, and then you get there one day and you realize they discontinued it? That's a horrible feeling. Oh, they stopped making that. Oh, you have to do something else, or or your favorite a uh, thing that you want to use, you know, maybe it a piece of technology or something around the house or a product around the house or a certain type of shoe. I remember I had these shoes that used to be so comfortable for my feet and I thought, oh, I've worn these shoes for almost four years. Every day my feet were so comfortable and then they just wore down and I said, I'll go back to the store and get another pair. And then it's just silly for me, but I go back in there, they don't even make that shoe anymore. They stopped making that a long time ago. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? It's just a small example, but, but things you put your faith in, your, your trust in, things that you, you, you like, they'll all eventually stop making it, or they'll let you down, or it'll fall apart. He say, whatever's true, that's Jesus Christ. Whatever's honorable, Jesus Christ is honorable. Everything he did was honorable to the Father in heaven. He brought honor by being humble. Whatever is just, Jesus is the just judge. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ. Jesus is not only our Savior, but He's going to be the just judge. Whatever is pure, Jesus was pure. He was a pure, sinless sacrifice for us on the cross. And only the purity of Jesus Christ could wash away our sins and allow me, a humble sinner, to get up every day and feel like, you know, I'm worthy because of Jesus Christ. I'm not worthy because of myself. And it's so amazing that Jesus knows me and you and everybody else in such a personal way that He went to the cross despite knowing how bad we are, how prone to sin we are, how faithless we are, how easily corruptible we are, how prideful we are. He loved his despite that and still went to the cross. But he was pure. He had the power, but he, it wouldn't have happened had he not been a pure, sinless sacrifice for us. Whatever is lovely. Jesus did beautiful things, but he did beautiful things in humility. It was that humility of Christ that is just beautiful in every way, the way he came into Jerusalem was in total humility. The way he raised the dead was done in humility. He didn't call attention to himself where he he raised the the daughter uh of um of uh, uh one of his friends or when he raised Lazarus he didn't bring attention to himself at all. he didn't teach. In a prideful way. He didn't um, admonish people in a hurtful way. He was always admonishing the sin, not the person. Everything he did was to try to bring the person up. And he found people time and time again at their lowest spot. Somebody caught in sin. Somebody caught in a lie. Somebody caught in their own pride. Jesus confronted the sin, but He was always there to try to lift the person up. He lived a beautiful life. Whatever is commendable, Jesus Christ is commendable. His his work is praiseworthy for us today. We praise Jesus Christ and bring honor to Him but it's so interesting because Jesus doesn't even take that. He did it in such humility. Every time Jesus was honored, Jesus gave it to the Father in heaven. And when people are asking, "What are you doing here?" He would even start off with, "I'm here to serve. I'm here to do the will of of my Father in heaven." He didn't take any nothing. He did allowed anyone to say he was doing anything for himself or his own accord. And the honor that we give him now, even after he's raised from the dead, guess what? It's the honor he receives for giving his righteousness to you and me. Because he became sin. His body was pierced for our sin. His righteous, holy body was pierced and marred. His His new body, remember when he was raised from the dead and he came back and showed doubting Thomas? Thomas said, I won't believe that he rose from the dead unless I can put my fingers in the holes in his hand and I can put my hand in his side because I saw the spear go in. You know, that's one thing Thomas said he knew. So Jesus comes back and he's got a new body. He's been raised from the dead, he's gonna, He had us a new body, but his new body was marred. His new body had, a, had the spear still the spear hole still in his side. He traded his perfectness to be marred for us. How commendable is he if there's any excellence of course there's excellence if there's anything worthy of praise of course that he said think about these things dwell on Christ your power is joy your power is his humility your power is prayer with thanksgiving your power is to contemplate Christ to think about Christ in whatever you're doing Let that just be, as McGee calls it, the sanctuary of your soul, is to think about Jesus and all of his virtues. Just let your mind think on him when you're not praying, when you're not being joyful. Just keep thinking about that. And then he says, think about these things. And in verse 9, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, put into practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Practice these things. It's not just thinking or praying, it's actually doing. Right? That's the power. That's the power. Put it into practice. Now, did he say you're going to be perfect? No. But practice these things. Now, you may try and you may fail. You may go a while and then you may stumble. But he said, this is what you need to practice. This is the way you need to live. This is what you need to think about. Why? Because if you do this... And you're, 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 you you're, have joy in your heart because of your humility in receiving God's gift. And you pray, you're prayerful with thanksgiving. And you think about Christ, all of these virtues of Christ, and hold on to the Word of God. The Word of God. Jesus Christ was the Word, and the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ, the Word of God. And put into practice these things, that's powerful living. And then he says, why is it power to? Because the God of peace will be with you. Now above, he says, the peace of God will guard your hearts, and the God of peace will be with you. So look how he says, comparing verse 7 to verse 9. So the peace of God will guard you, and the God of peace will be with you. And that is your source of power, folks. That's the power. Having the mind of Christ. Contemplating Christ. Christ being the Word of God. You've got Christ right in front of you, looking at if you're looking at your Bible this morning, you got the Word of God right in front of you. you've got the physical representation of Jesus Christ in written form, you know, and the body of Christ is the physical representation of Jesus Christ's body, so holding on in whatever you're thinking. And keeping your eyes focused on the Word of God. That's your power. The peace of God will guard you. The God of peace will be with you. And then he says down in verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you've revived your concern for me. Now this is Paul saying this to them because, you know, he hadn't heard from them in two years because he's been stuck in prison. But look how he sort of, he doesn't say to them, how come you haven't written me or, you know, helped me out? You know, he didn't say it like that. He says, I rejoiced greatly because you've res- revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So he's, he knows that they didn't know he was in jail. And he's sort of telling them, don't worry. I know that you didn't know that you had no opportunity to be worried about me cuz you didn't know where I was for the last 2 years. So he's happy that they now know his situation, but he under- he's telling them he understands. He's being so gracious to say don't worry for not getting in touch with me being in jail, because I know that you didn't know I was here. That's kind of what he's saying. He's being really gracious about it. And he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. So he kind of uses that to an opportunity to, to really put that on display here. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. Now, this is a guy in jail. He says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in, or I'm, I am to be, I am, whatever situation I am, To be content, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. To be content. He says in verse 12, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. This is Paul's way of, you know, how he he contrasts one thing with another. And then he gets down to verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Him who strengthens me is through Christ. So he's saying that his power, he just got through telling him about the power of Christian living, the peace of God being guarding you and the God of peace being with you. (coughs) And so now he's saying, That His power, His secret for living in a world of trials and difficulty and sin and hardship and plans that don't go the way you think they're going to go. In every situation that comes up and trouble is all just around the corner, If you're in trouble right now, I pray that you hear this and you hold on to these words. If you don't feel like you're in trouble right now, trouble is always just around the corner. He says, whatever situation I'm in is trust God, not your situation. I'll say that again. Paul's learned that his power for living... He's learned that in this world of trials, that the secret, his power is to trust God, not your situation. Let your faith come from your trust in God, in his word, in his way, in his virtue, not how you feel about the situation. Faith is not a feeling. And we said that a bunch of times before. Faith is not a feeling. It's not how you wake up every morning and go, oh, I think it's going to be a good day. Or, you know, I'm having a really good day today, and I'm happy. Don't let your faith be controlled by your circumstances. Don't let your joy be controlled by your circumstances. Don't let your humility be controlled by your circumstances because if your circumstances control it, you'll, you'll trade your humility for your own pride because your, your heart is now off center. It's not centered on Christ. Your mind is not focused on Christ. When that happens, it focuses on yourself and the world, and that's where pride comes in. The source of your joy is focusing on Christ, a heart for Christ, and um, not yourself. And the way to pray is with thanksgiving. And so he's saying that whatever the situation is, it's all about trusting the Father in heaven. And that he can do all things through him who strengthens me now we're going to get into this more tomorrow McGee uh, our our time is up McGee uh, uh, will go into this deeper but to me as i'm as I'm studying this right now it's not saying that he can do anything. Like he can fly, he can raise the dead, he can he's telling them, Oh, you can you can just do everything, you know, you can walk on water, you can do all things, you can move mountains, you know, you're you're gonna be superpower person. It's all things that need to be done. And it doesn't mean God's gonna bless you whatever you do. It means that Again, amid all of the difficulties in life, all the trials, all the sin you're going to have to put up with, your own sin or sin from somebody else, all this, the dirt that comes at you living down here on earth in these human bodies, in this imperfect world, in imperfect bodies... We've got this spiritual presence of Jesus Christ in us. We can do it. We can be a righteous life. We can be a light to others. We can walk this walk, this Christian walk, and be saved. We can be holy like Christ was holy, but we can only do it through Christ Through Him, we can only do it. Because if we don't have Christ living in us, we're sinners. Christ dying on the cross doesn't automatically convert us to sinless people. No. Christ's death on the cross enables us to, to then, through our faith, receive His resurrected Holy Spirit. The only way that we can have Christ with us today is if for is for him to have died and now he has a holy spirit and now his holy spirit is given to us to dwell inside us that's his righteousness that's his way of not only paying our debt for all the old testament law paying our debt to sin and allowing us to be reconciled to God the Father but also, he had to die to allow his Holy Spirit to be raised from the dead and then be, allow that Spirit to actually dwell in us. And that Spirit dwelling in us allows us to overcome this world to overcome hunger, to overcome um, need or wants, to overcome disease, to overcome our own sins, the hardest sins that we have or the hardest trouble that we have. It's Jesus Christ living in us that allows us to walk this walk. Otherwise, Christianity is just a religion that fails it falls apart under its own weight you've got a a Savior that dies on the cross and then tells everybody to be like him, and we all walk and people all walk around saying, "Well, I trust in Christ, but I 'm still sinning, or I trust in Christ, and I just had an argument with somebody, or I trust in Christ, and I still don't feel like i'm very holy, you know." such a natural reaction, the, Philipp- the, 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 the Philippians probably had that same thought. And then you have all these people say, well, well, if you just do this, or if you go through this workshop, or you buy my book, or you, here, let me show you how to be a better Christian. Come, you know, uh, listen to me, and I'll show you the way. You know, no. The only way Christianity works is if the Spirit the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ is in us and helps us do it through our dependency on Him, through our faith in Him. Don't take that Holy Spirit for granted. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Keep your minds focused on Christ. Think about Christ. Contemplate Christ in your heart but also realize that you can do this because you have the holy spirit of Jesus Christ living in you. So that's sort of my take on it as we will study this more tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday, it'll be our last study of the week and I have a feeling that tomorrow we're going to be finishing up Philippians and then we're going to start a new study um and I believe it's Ecclesiastes. And so we're going to be flipping back to the Old Testament uh, next week. So I'm really, really excited to start a new study. But I'm telling you, I really love this, this study of Philippians here. So I'll turn the podcast now over to my uh, co-host, Mitali in Zambia. Mitali, I hope you're doing great there. Um, can't wait to hear what you have to say about this today. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time and keep your hearts and minds focused on Christ.
1: Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 to 13. So today's teaching talks about the sanctuary of power. So the sanctuary of power is, um, you know, as Christians, where do we get our sanctuary of power from? It's it's through Christ. So it's contemplation of Christ. And um, this is where we draw our our power from as Christians. So verse 8 reads, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, rapport, if there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So, you know, all these things point to Christ. This, as Dr. J.B. McGee put it, is the briefest biography of Christ. So Christ is all these things. So Christ is noble. Christ is just. Christ is pure. Um, Christ is lovely. Christ is virtuous; He's praiseworthy. So um, Paul is encouraging um, the children, the, all the saints in 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 Philippi, the children of God, um, to meditate upon these things. You know, we live in a dirty world. We live in an unjust world. We live in filth. So um, you know everything about. Um, what we do here on Earth, you know, uh, makes us dirty. You know, it makes our mind dirty. You know, the things that we see, the things that we talk about, they get us dirty. So we basically live, um, borrowing from Dr. J.B. McGee, in a wasteland. So um, if as Christians, we spend our time on dirt, and this is, you know, the vanity of the Earth today, the things that are made, um, you know, um, of importance... Um, If we, if, if we spend our time, you know, on the wrong things, we make ourselves dirty, you know, um, so, you know, the things of the world, um, that's, um, you know, that, that, that won't give us power as Christians, we should desist from, um, how much do we spend time with Christ? Um, Paul is encouraging, um, all the saints to meditate upon, um, all things Christ, um, because Christ is the sanctuary of power. This is where we draw our power from as Christians. So how much time are we spending with Christ today? So, um, you know, Christ is pure, Christ is virtuous, Christ is just, Christ is lovely. He is worth being praised. So um, if we look at 2 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 reads "Mm. but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from the glory from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord so um you know the word of god is a mirror um you know that's we behold so um if, um, you know, we can just get by, we can just get by like w- with anything. We're supposed to meditate upon the word of God. It's supposed to be a mirror for us, like um, how we, are, we, we ought to live as Christians. Um, you know, ignorance of the word is, is, is what leads to weakness. So let us, um, you know, let us not be full of you know, doctrines and uh, let us not be pious and, you know, like religious and all. Let us meditate upon the word of God. The word of God is meant um, to be our bread, our meat to give us strength. So every day, let us meditate upon the word of God. And um, it's meant to show us um, how we ought to live as Christians today, as good Christians, as, as saints. It's meant to be our daily bread so let us contemplate on christ and christ is the sanctuary of power Uh, verse 9 goes on to read the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me these do and go and the god of peace will be with you so paul is giving himself as an example um as he lived for christ um he has a sanctuary um, of the soul. So, um, you know, how, uh, how, how, how great is it like to, to, to be given yourself as an example? This, um, Paul was confident enough to give himself as an example because Paul lived, breathed, he did everything for Christ. Um, and he, he was uh, furthering the gospel of Christ. And he was giving himself as an example to... Um, to the to the to, to the to all the saints. So um verse ten um looks at the satisfaction of power. So Paul is getting to the main purpose of the letter to the Philippines Philippiads. Um and verse ten goes on to read um But I rejoice in the Lord greatly and now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity. So um you know for two years um the church in Philippi had lost touch with Paul and um um and, and Paul was in prison in Rome then. So um you know when um they didn't deliberately neglect Paul. They just didn't know where he was, and and this is the lack of opportunity that Paul was actually talking about. So when they discovered where Paul was, um, you know, they wrote to him. They were they were overjoyed. They wrote to him, and um, and they, they told him how greatly they missed him, and um, and um, and what they were doing as Christians to 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 actually further on the gospel. So uh, verse eleven goes on to read. Um, Not that I speak in regard. To need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, to be content. So, um, you know, um, Paul, he's saying he never made an appeal um, to 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 the philippines to um, to send out, um, or, or he never did send out an SOS or you know anything of the sort to the Philippi's. Um But Paul was content no matter what position he was in in, in life, you know, no matter how bad the situation was, Paul was actually content because Paul felt, um, wherever he was, that is where God actually intended him to be. So, um, you know, this particular verse encourages us to be content, to be abound and abase base, um, in whatever situation that we are in with a good situation, with a bad situation. Um, because today, you know, as Christians, we usually, um, are content if we are in a position of, um, of um you know benefits but um if the particular position that we find ourselves in is a dire position. We tend not to be content. We tend to complain and, and you know, do all these, you know, um, complain and, you know, just not be content um, about whatever situation we find ourselves in. But God cannot put us in a particular situation without a reason. There is a reason why we're here today. Um, there is a purpose why God has put us currently where we are today. So, um, you know, as good Christians, let us be content in whatever position that we are in because Christ is um, our sanctuary. If we meditate upon all good things, um, Christ is praiseworthy and let us meditate upon him. And this is where we'll draw our power from as good Christians today. So verse 12 goes on to read, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. So, um, you know, Paul is saying, I know how to be down and um, not to have anything at all. And um, I've learned to be content with that. So Paul knew how um, to be abound and how to be a base. And, um, you know, he thanked God and um, he was content with the particular position he was actually in. So, um, you know, like I said earlier, um, you know, let us be content with whatever, whatever position we actually find ourselves in because God knows best. So, you know, um, let us always uh, meditate upon the word of God. If we don't understand something, let us go to Christ and meditate upon his word. This is where we we as Christians will draw our strength from. So verse 13 goes on to read, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this is is the satisfaction of power. So this is where we draw our strength from um, as Christians. Are we able to do all things through Christ as Christians? This is what we're supposed to ask ourselves. Um, Because Christ gives us that particular strength to do all things. We cannot do all things on our own. We can do all things with Christ because Christ is our pillar. Christ is our lighthouse. Christ is our strength. Christ is our you know, the word of, of, of God is our meat, it's our bread. Let us meditate upon the word of God every day because Christ is um, you know, the sanctuary of power. Christ is the satisfaction of power. And um and um you know, um, you know, the the, the um the prize for Christian living is um the joy that's um Um, You know, God has and the secret to um, Christian living is prayer. So let us pray and meditate upon the word of God and um, let us meditate upon all good things that are praiseworthy. And this is Christ because Christ is a gift that was given to us as Christians, as believers, as saints, as children of God. So let us not think we can do all things on our own. We can only do all things through jesus christ who died for us who was given to us on the cross and shed his blood for us so um, let us you know learn from paul let us take a leaf from paul and let's be a bound and a base in all situations in life and remember to always put christ first thank you all for listening um today's teaching god bless and bye-bye